as always, thank you so much for tuning in to House Party. We really hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as we love recording it. If you like it, we would ask you please to go to your app and give us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. We would love that. And then give us your thoughts on the on the pod. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Just let us know how we're doing. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. Hey. Hey, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The listeners want to know. Living the dream, you know, every day, mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. watching TV, doing work, not leaving mm-hmm. my apartment. I watched Temptation Island this week. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. So I've gone down the complete rabbit hole of reality TV smut, um, and I'm enjoying it. That's I'm I'm happy for you. That sounds <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, I have finally succumbed to the draw of TikTok. Oh, talk about <sighs> rabbit holes. Yes. I know. You finally well, got I on was, TikTok. That's why I was so wary of getting on it because I don't want to fall into another goddamn like anxiety scroll rabbit hole of social media. Like I do it with Instagram. I've been really trying to limit myself on Instagram and so that's why I was just like, I don't need TikTok in my life. I can't do it. I don't need dancing thirteen-year-olds like. <laughs> but it's showing so much, me that- I, in TikTok's defense, I will say it's much more than that. Um, I know. No, I, believe me. Now I know. Like, now you what, know. What, it, yeah, it's I, not just like, or even like, it's not even like just silly memes. It's like you can learn stuff on TikTok, like valuable stuff. So the reason that I joined it is because. I needed some motivation to um, deep clean my house. So, so I jumped on TikTok to get some motivation for deep cleaning my shower, um, cleaning up the grout. Uh, I just bought a new mop. So, you know, maybe I was looking for some um, a solution that I could make at home to put on my hardwood floors that wouldn't damage them. As opposed to like just Googling these things. I thought, Let's check out TikTok and see what TikTok has to say. That's my question. Why did you turn to TikTok and not Google or YouTube or another platform that might have tips? I think because I <laughs> I didn't want to spend time reading an article. I know that TikTok, <laughs> that's what I do in my like work life. <laughs> reading and editing you guys should totally um, read our articles though because we put so much time and effort into them day in day out so like by the time it's time to, for for my my leisure time I I don't want to be doing that you say leisure. um I did say leisure <laughs> but TikTok I think is I think the most advantageous thing about TikTok is that um they limit the videos to like 10 second snippets or it's like right it's It's bite-sized content it's bite-sized content right and so I thought and I've also seen on like Twitter and stuff people have posted 
videos from TikTok are that are like cl- like amazing cleaning yeah. hacks like you know putting dawn dish soap in your shower and scrubbing it up and just making with it with a broom you know, I've done that with a broom yeah you put a little wow. dawn or palm olive whatever your dish soap it is in the bottom of the shower because this, the principles are the same the same grease fighting principles act on the soap scum at the bottom of your shower and then use a broom to scrub it off that way you don't even have to get on your hands and knees to do it that's actually genius because yeah a broom is long I bought one of those um drill bits that goes on your your drill and it's it has a um a like hard bristle brush on it and so I literally I use my drill to scrub my grout in my in my shower and it's so satisfying, let me tell you. I can even link to it in the show notes okay. if our listeners are curious. I'm curious, so please <laughs> link yeah. to it. It's amazing. Um, yeah, TikTok is really full of actually a lot of helpful home hacks. And in fact, we were talking about it this week, um, knowing everything that's going on in Texas right now with and across the southeast with the weather one of our colleagues had mentioned in a meeting that her friends in Texas are using tricks they found on TikTok to stay warm. Like, and I'll, full disclosure, I have not seen this TikTok, nor can I verify or. We haven't, we haven't tried it out for ourselves. Yeah, I want to try I, I cannot out. vouch for its validity. But apparently you can heat up a medium-sized bathroom just by putting a candle in the bathtub and then taking some linens or some sheets and plugging up the the bottom of the door. It sounds (laughs) improbable to me, (laughs) but I think, A, if you have lost heat in your house during a horrible winter storm and you're willing to try anything, I think it's a great idea, especially if you have candles all around your house. Um, And I definitely want to try this out this weekend myself. Another candle thing, because I know, Natalie, you're a a candle buff. This is another cool one I learned is how to save leftover candle wax. So when your candle, when the wick in your candle burns all the way down, but you have a bunch of wax left in the jar, what you need to do is pour some boiling water in the jar, and that will cause the wax to rise to the top harden and then you can pop it out and use put that wax in like a wax warmer or something so that none of it goes to waste especially if you have an expensive candle that you've treated yourself with it's it it breaks my heart a little every time when I burn that $60 candle and so if you can save that wax that's that's really advantageous yeah so yeah there's cool tricks like these and you know when I am on TikTok I usually am just looking at you know funny videos or dogs singing or whatever and I'll go down that rabbit hole but I really do kind of want to start using it more for some of these uh cleaning and household hacks it seems pretty cool this is in the news this week there's a house in Florida that the seller has touted as the worst house on the street (laughs) and the whole listing description is just completely crapping all over this house and talking about how horrible it is yeah, this house is in um, Zephyr Hills, Florida. It's one word, Zephyr Hills. Um, I'm not, I, I have no idea where in the state of Florida this is. It's smack dab in the middle. It's near, like, it's kind of near Tampa, kind of near Lakeland. Okay. Not really near anything. Okay. Um, 
this house was listed for $69,000. And um, as you can imagine, based on the brutally honest listing description, the house is a wreck. Um, it's dirty. It's decrepit. It's, there's it's falling mold. apart. It's falling apart. There's holes in the ceiling. So the listing description says, quote, here it is, literally the worst house on the street. The seller has done the hard work of cleaning up the almost half-acre property. It only took seven dumpsters. So now is your chance to take it from here. I mean, <laughs> honest. There's a lot more, by the way. Just completely tearing apart this house and how undesirable it is. But here's the irony. It's already got an offer. That worked, I guess. <laughs> or it was a good deal. Either way, um, a buyer snatched <laughs> it up. We we often see people on the internet making fun of a, a, a home listings photos. You know, if yeah. there's like a WTF moment in, in listing photos. Um, yeah, like that TikTok about uh, Teresa um, Judice. <laughs> Judice's house, yeah, <laughs> you got me. Uh, it was just talking about how ridiculous, ridiculous it was. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. The internet is usually the one to take the reins and make fun of a, a homeless thing, but it's really interesting that the the seller was like, "Nope, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna beat you to it, I'm gonna do it." Right, and it's worth noting that the listing agent, after she wrote the copy for this listing, she ran it by the homeowner and they signed off on it. So it wasn't like a rogue yeah. agent being like, right, let's just try this. And then the homeowner being like, what? Um, <laughs> How insulting. Yeah, yeah. She said they were fun guys to work with and they were, they were up for anything, but um, yeah, it, it has an offer. So <laughs> yeah. sometimes when you take a chance with these types of things, it works out. Sometimes the, the, the truth is what wins. Well, I'm sorry to use this cliche, but sometimes honesty is the best policy. You, that was the cliche I was actually reaching for. Oh. And I made up my new, truth, new one. Truth sometimes is, the truth wins. Yes. Uh, sometimes the truth wins. Should we switch gears to something really fun that we watched? Yes. You mean tem not Temptation Island? Yeah, not Temptation Island, although it does have a beachy vibe. Um, we recently watched a show that is a one-off. Rachel just informed me that this is not a full season. Um, it was yeah, just a one-off special, and it's called Beach Cabana Royale, and it's hosted by none other than Snooki from Jersey Shore. <laughs> So naturally, we had to jump on it. <laughs> let's let's go over the premise a little bit. Right. So this is an hour-long special. It takes place at Atlantic Beach, Long Island. And designers compete against one another to create or transform cabanas on Atlantic Beach for three families. And they have 12 hours to do it. So each designer is assigned a family. And the family tells them what they want. At the end of the episode, they're judged by Egypt Sherrod, uh, who is the host of Flipping Virgins, and by uh, our old pal, Orlando Soria, who's the host of Build Me Up. Yes. Um, and can I just say, I had no idea about, like, cabana culture or, like, yes. that, like, 
families owned cabanas on this beach and they're like actual it's my version of a in my mind's eye when I picture a cabana is like a canvas cabana blowing in the With breeze. With a canopy. Yeah. It, it, it's yes. not a physical wooden like structure that's they almost looked like storage lockers, kind of. They're st- they're like storage sheds with showers, basically. They have little factoids that pop up at the very beginning of the episode. It says the cabana craze on the East Coast took hold in the 1920s mm-hmm. and that they have these cabana clubs with all these units and they can you can have as many as 50 or even as many as 1,000 cabanas. Yeah. And these cabanas get passed down by families. Like, I don't, I have actually so many more questions about the cabana um, logistics. Like, can you buy one or is it only like a legacy thing? How much does it cost to rent? Do the families who get them have to pay rent? I, they didn't answer any of these questions. Yeah, they, they, there was no like cabana real estate talk. It was more just these are the family, the, these three families own cabanas on this beach and they are in disarray and so these designers need to make them over and that was the challenge they and they were judged on three criteria one was overall design two was space saving solutions and then the third was how well they captured the family history and like what the family wanted out of their their design Mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about um the three designers who would be taking on this challenge. We had Carla, Wendell, and Delia. Carla um, said that she's mainly like a designer of kids, spaces for kids. I wrote that she does like cool modular nook type bed designs that looked yeah really fun. She said she has a weird obsession with small spaces. Yeah, which, well, I'm not going to give a spoiler alert there, right? Yeah. But it, that that pre, we we could see that in her design, and we'll talk about it in a bit for sure. And then Wendell um, was more is more of a furniture builder. Uh, it seemed like he was a little intimidated that he didn't have like the full design of a space background. Um, but he was. I felt like he got the short end of the stick. I was a little like, this is a little unfair to pair up a a furniture builder contractor guy with two designers because Carla and Delia who we'll talk about in a second both are interior designers and this is their trade but as you just mentioned Wendell he just knows how to build stuff yeah like design isn't his forte maybe maybe he was just like I'm up for the challenge if I can be on camera for HGTV let's do this perhaps <laughs> he was very endearing he was I, I did like him a yeah lot, he but. was great and then Delia like you mentioned is also an interior designer um and she I feel like she had the most like stressful design process time like it oh my god it did stress me out <laughs> she she ran into a lot of issues um so I mean we're not going to go through the whole episode you can watch it on discovery plus um if you want to relive every single moment um but what were what were some of your highlights and what did you observe about this this episode Rachel despite the fact that I have a lot of questions it was enjoyable to watch a show first of all on the beach Mm -hmm. and I'll take this opportunity to note that this was one episode of several that Discovery Plus is going to run uh every Tuesday around beach the beach theme so Mm. My guess is they're doing that because we're all going stir crazy because of the pandemic. Um, I mean, overall, like, 
I, I like the idea of taking this very like bite-sized design concept, like designing for this small space and then um, having designers like focus on a, like one small space as opposed to like an entire house. Yeah. Um, that is interesting from like uh, a, a competition point of view. Um, but like before, before I found out that this – like I thought this was going to be a whole season and I was like, uh, how are we going to have a whole season of this? It's going to get really old fast. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was fun seeing this, but, and I, I do think it was also interesting to see how they, how the designers executed their clients, um, yes. vision. So like we can talk about, um, like for example, Wendell's clients, it was a mother daughter. Uh, they, I got the vibe that they like glam. They like, they said they like art deco. Art deco, Miami Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, And while like Wendell had pops of color, he had like bright white, like it was, you know, there, there was like a Miami vibe in there. It was not art deco, I would say. And maybe art deco wasn't like maybe they're using art deco in the wrong way, but I, I, I love art deco. So I was actually really expecting to, to like this and I didn't, um, it just, yeah. it missed the mark for me. It was too, it was, it was like, I, and I believe they called it contrived and it was like, he tried to do art deco inside of a cabana. <laughs> so it right. Just, it didn't quite, didn't quite work. Um, and the tile that he picked was like straight up Moroccan. Yeah, that was puzzling too. I didn't see anything Miami. It was or... a beautiful tile. Oh, like it gorgeous. was a very trendy, beautiful tile, but it wasn't Art Deco at yeah. all. Um so he didn't win. No. <laughs> when Wendell bless his little heart did not win. Uh but I appreciated his um A for effort. And Absolutely, yeah. Carla was working with a couple named Uli and Lauren and Uli and Lauren met at a dojo and they asked for Japanese inspiration. I wrote, so Uli is a sensei. <laughs> Uli was a sensei. They, they met at their, uh, their kids karate match. So uh, they have kids and Carla specializes in kids spaces. So it was really interesting to see how she would make this an adult space for, uh, Lauren and Uli, but also good for the kids. And apparently the answer to that is to just put a TV in the cabana. <laughs> I love Snooky is like, TV, great. Put on cartoons, put on a movie, plunk the kids in front of it. It's that's what like I was like, you go, Snooky. Like a lot of parents have shame about uh, screen time and you're just like, nope, that is a good solution. This is what. OK, but this is where, <laughs> this is where I had my major question about the show. How much time are people spending in these cabanas? They're they're not sleeping there. Like they're not spending well, the I night. Think if you're spending a day, like you get there at like ten or at nine, and you leave like at sunset, you know maybe the parents want to be talking to their friends outside of the cabana, and the kids just need okay. to chill out. And so you just plunk them in front of the TV okay. when they get tired. Maybe they'll fall asleep if they need a nap. Okay. Um, so it's just a place, it's just a respite from the sun, basically. I, yeah, I I would say so. And, you know, 
Carla's design was interesting because it looked, it did look like a dojo. Like it looked minimalist, clean, like very zen. Very wabi-sabi, zen, like unfinished wood, um, like unstained. Uh, it was beautiful. I mean, she really gave them what they asked for. There was a lot of space to chill. There were a lot of like cushions. Um, there was storage. A lot of sliding doors behind store or storage behind sliding doors. And like there was hidden storage. Yeah. So I thought that she, in terms of pleasing her client, I think she definitely nailed it. I feel like it could have used a little bit more color or personality or pattern. It it really did look like just a very clinical space. Um, Yeah. Especially like if the beach is somewhere where you go to have fun and kind of like let loose. But I don't know. It wasn't my cabana. So so she was designing your cup of cabana. Not my cup of cabana. Okay, so finally there was Delia, who was uh, riddled with problems. Delia came up as a designer in New York City. She knows small spaces. She was uh, working with a woman named Amanda, who has multiple sclerosis. And Amanda also has kids. And Amanda needed needs sometimes to use a cane and needed things to not be slippery. She also wanted a place to work while her kids are playing on the beach. And she likes a Mediterranean feel. So she was given so many things, like so. Yeah, I think Orlando himself, uh, he did say, you had a tall order. And for the most part, she delivered. She, you know, there was a Mediterranean tile that she chose for the floor, which I thought was very ugly because Mediterranean is not my style. But that pleased the client. Um, I loved... Although it, it did look a little arts and craft, I did love the the full-length mirror that she did with the seashells all around it because the kids told her that they collect seashells during the year, um, during the summer, and then they'll do some sort of like art project with it. So I love that she tied that into it. Um, the daughter's a dancer, and I guess at some point Amanda whispered in Delia's ear, it would be cool if you could put in a ballet bar. Yeah. And so she put in a ballet bar that also doubled as a towel rack. And so, yeah, I honestly, can we talk about the winner? Because I'm, yeah, let's get to I'm it. Busting at, I'm busting at the seams now that we've talked about these spaces. Um, so there's the big reveal. Egypt and Orlando go through and give their critiques. So the winner is Carla. Carla's minimalist, um, Japanese-inspired uh, space wins. And I thought that Delia was going to win. Really? I was I was fully convinced that Delia was going to win. Yeah. Mm. I think maybe it's just because she had so many asks and she did deliver on so many of them, although the execution wasn't there. I actually didn't really like Delia's. I didn't like it either, but I thought she was going to win. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, mean, I didn't like it either, but I, I guess I felt like they were trying to make her feel better. As they complimented yeah. her while going through it. Um, maybe maybe they felt bad for Delia because she had such a hard time. Her carpenter really... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't badmouth her carpenter. But. Yeah. She seemed to have problems with her carpenter. And at some point, Snooki came in and was like, oh, I love this relationship. You're like a married couple. And I was like, I don't, I don't think there's like a friendliness here. 
No, they're having like major disagreements, and <laughs> it was mis- it wasn't like a cute. Uh, how uh, they're bickering? It was like, oh, I should get out of here. This is awkward. Yeah, it was like I told you I was going to paint the outside, and you put it like the hinge is wrong. Like it was, yeah, it was awkward more than anything else. Yeah, I felt um, uncomfortable just like be- watching it, and I wasn't even yeah. there for it. I felt very bad for Delia. She yeah. really, really tried to pull it out. Um. And they had 12 hours to do this. Okay, so thank you. That fact, was my next point. The fact that they pulled this off in 12 hours is impressive. Especially since... Did they really, though? Oh, look at you. You're always so skeptical. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I think I'm, I think maybe they had 12... I think maybe they had six hours one day and six hours the next. There's no way. Well, yes. I was looking at the lighting as they were filming this. Unless they started filming at maybe 7 a.m. and then they went to 7 p.m., which is possible. But even then, I was looking at the lighting. There's just no way. There's no way that they did this all in one day. No, it was fully a weekend thing. They definitely divided it into two days, especially considering they're shooting a TV show and they probably needed to film you know, talking heads. They probably, maybe they needed to have someone re-say something so they could get it on camera. Um, yeah, there. I don't think there's any way that they could actually do this in a 24-hour period. 12-hour. Um, or excuse me, 12-hour. If there were another episode of this, would you watch it? No. Okay. Would you? <laughs> probably not. But I would definitely watch another HGTV show with Snooki. Like if they <sighs> give Snook if they give Snooky another show, I would I would watch that. Uh, do you think they're gonna? If it has to do with New Jersey, then yes. <laughs> do you really feel like she brought anything to the table though that another host wouldn't have? I thought she I mean, I thought she was a good host. I know she's done hosting in the past, and so I think she has a you know, a good host speaking voice. I know like she I'm sure like all her lines were written for her, but I thought she, uh, I thought she performed well. Yeah. I think, Um, I thought she did fine, but there was no snook. She did like yell when Wendell was using the gun, which I thought was (laughs) very snooky-esque. Oh, she did. Yeah. She did use the nail gun, didn't she? She used Wendell's nail gun and she let out a little snooky like, ah, and that was, that reminded me of Jersey Shore. Um, and she hosted the, they, in the middle of it, they, uh, to entertain the families, they had a sand castle building competition <laughs> and Snooki facilitated that. I don't know. I think give Snooki more opportunities. That's what I say. There was just something <laughs> about HGTV slot X Snooki that was like very intriguing to me so no I agree it was it was an hour I I enjoyed the hour that I spent watching it I don't know that I would watch it any more of it this special was part of a collection of 26 beach themed HGTV episodes I'll say that again 26 beach themed HGTV episodes streaming on Discovery Plus uh those include beachfront bargain hunt, Mexico life, Hawaii life, and island life. I have no idea what most of those are about. I can take a gander on beachfront bargain mm-hmm, hunt. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should watch that one. That sounds good. Well, that was our rundown of Beach Cabana Royale, hosted by Snooky, <laughs> uh, courtesy of HGTV. You can watch it on 
Discovery Plus, which is where we watched it. Watch it and let us know what you think. Podcast at Realtor.com. We would actually love to hear your opinion. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm like really on an HGTV kick to HGTV kick too. So, yeah. um, it's, it's comfort food right now. It is comfort food. And this, this was, this, this hit all the marks for comfort food for me. All right, let's move on to making moves. As always, this is our segment where we will discuss homes that we previous talk, previously talked about, um, give you a little update, and let you know what the scoop is on them. Yes, we have a lot of making moves to go through this week, actually. One that we discussed, when did we discuss this? A few months ago. Um, Vicki Gunvalson, who is from the Real Housewives of Orange County. Her house has been on the market since last summer, and it is now contingent. Yeah. This is this is the house made famous by the show. A lot of dinner parties, a lot of drama happened in this house. Uh, you know, it, it does have that kind of heavy Tuscan feel that's so, <laughs> so prevalent in Orange County. She has done quite a bit of renovation work on this house, and when we talked about it before, I believe we discussed how much we liked what she'd done with the place and the backyard is to die for it is I feel like the backyard kind of sells this place there's a, a lot of rock features there's a waterfall there's a slide um there looks to be a little grotto area so if you live in southern California you know outdoor living is very important to you and this house that definitely delivers. Um, she listed it for three point three five, and she dropped the price by a hundred thousand dollars, and it's now contingent. Um, and the listing price is three point two five. So, I think if she can get over three for this place, that's a good deal. Yeah, we'll like keep an eye on it. She'll come out on top. Our next making move is. Army Hammer. We talked about this one a few weeks ago. He had had to slash the price on his home by $800,000. Whether or whether or not it was related to the scandal that he is kind of immersed in right now, we weren't sure. But his house is pending. So good for Army. Yeah. He dropped it to 4.99, just, just below 5. And according to our site that is around like the valuation of the house. So, um, you know, typically in LA we see homes where the listing price is higher than, than what it's valued based on comps and, you know, age and all these different things. But, uh, yeah. So I, I'm assuming whoever gets this house will get a bit of a deal on it or at least get a fair price for it. He, he is going through a divorce with his wife right now. Um, so that seems to be the motivation just to to sell this place. So the fact that they may have found a buyer is probably something that's making them both happy. Um, I'm Team Elizabeth. <laughs> just gonna. Just... I think everybody's Team Elizabeth. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then let's talk about our girl Kelly Clarkson. We just talked about her. We did. Her Encino house is now can. She has been having trouble selling this since she put it on the market last summer. She's still trying to sell her one in Nashville. 
but this one in California is that was listed for 10 million in May of 2020. She recently dropped the price of it to 9 million and now it's contingent. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, Did we make this happen? Maybe, maybe we put the vibes out into the world like Kelly's looking for a buyer. It's extremely modern farmhouse. Um which yeah but it's like modern in all the right ways it doesn't bother me as much as a lot of farmhouse places do you can certainly strip down a lot of the farmhouse elements of this and just make it like a more contemporary I mean like that kitchen Mm -hmm. I was actually just thinking like I want to do a black marble backsplash in in my eventual kitchen and like black marble tile or black marble countertops like there are a lot of really, really great, great features in this place. So um, the fact that this house is contingent, I couldn't be happier. Next up, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We just talked about him a couple weeks ago. He was actually our real estate loser of the week because he was preparing to take a loss on his Georgia mansion. He had actually bought the place in 2019 for over $9 million but was listing it for $7.5 million. So mm-hmm. right from the get-go, he was like, I just want to get rid of this thing. I don't care if I lose $2 million or $1.5 million on it. And we were sort of puzzled by that, but hey, he's the rock. Anyway, now it's off market. So mm-hmm. don't know what that means. Maybe he heard the podcast and he was like, those he ladies. scared. They're questioning my decisions, and I should probably just take this off the market for now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we are giving ourselves a lot more credit than we deserve. I don't. I think that's exactly what happened, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows what... There's a lot of reasons for taking a house off market, and it doesn't necessarily mean that people don't know, real estate agents don't know that the house is for sale um like we saw Tom Brady's house was an off-market deal right that big that big sale that just happened no I think it was an on-market deal but they did take it off for a while and I think that actually just actually generated more interest Mm -hmm. so the as Natalie said there are a number of reasons that he could have taken this off market maybe he changed his mind maybe he decided Georgia is on his mind maybe he listened to this podcast who knows so mm-hmm. um it is off market we'll continue keeping an eye on it to see if it comes back on and if it comes back on at the same price um this last one we can't, <laughs> this we, is can't a doozy. Get rid- we can't get rid of her <laughs> but you know what we have to tell you that we know who bought bella thorne's house we do bella bella thorne um, we've been talking about her house for a long time. Bella Thorne is a recording artist. She's an actress. She's an internet personality. Um, t- tell the people who her buyer is. Okay. So, and this is unverified, but from all, all accounts that we can tell, the buyer of Bella Thorne's house is Piper Raquel. Who? Who is <laughs> 13 years old. <laughs> She's a 13-year-old YouTube uh, musician and influencer. I mean, I think if any kind of house was going to appeal to a 13-year-old, Bella Thorne's Pink Palace 
is probably the one. Now, I am not personally familiar with Piper Raquel. I would like to say, I would like to go on record of saying, fuck my life, you can bleep that out, that a 13-year-old is buying a house. This is Piper Raquel Inc. So it's the, the company behind her, her business manager, whatnot. I tried to click on one of her, one or two of her videos, and you could not pay me to sit through that. Shalom, guys. I hope today's been good about better watching this video. Today, we have some very exciting news. We are going to be announcing the new squad member of February. So at the end of this video, we're going to put all of our guys' names into a bowl and shake it up. And whoever we pick is coming to a And you know what? I, I feel like kind of an a-hole for calling a 13-year-old, like, annoying. She's annoying. <laughs> because... Lord knows how annoying I was when I was that age, but like... You weren't that annoying. <laughs> You're like, I didn't know you, but there's no way. There's <laughs> no... There's literally no way. That's... Yeah, I'd say her her content is confusing and like chaotic and like... Yeah, like YouTube and like da-da-da. Like crazy all over the place. Like pranks and stuff. They're and very like, screechy. And also, guys, my realtor is coming over to see the house. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, Samantha. Samantha? Yeah, yeah, Samantha's coming over. So, guys, today. Samantha's oh, actually she was hot. She helped she's us the get this one house. Who helped us get this house, and she has not seen it Why all. Why is she coming over? Because she wants she to wants check to it. I don't know. She just she just called and said she was coming over. Okay. I bet it's familiar. It's worth noting that she has seven million YouTube subscribers. So clearly, whatever she's doing is working. Kill me now. Yeah, it's just it it is very interesting that the buyer of Bella Thorne's house is like a someone who is probably like a Bella Thorne fan. Yeah, I mean, and we we pegged it kind of I think we said from the beginning this is going to be somebody eclectic. I didn't expect it to be somebody who was 13, but here we are. Yeah. Um, all right. And that's it for making moves. We don't have any other updates this week, but I'm sure we will have a lot more next week. Now it's time for winners and losers, the segment of our show where we discuss the real estate transactions that celebrities have made. Some have been good. Some have been bad. And we pick a winner and we pick a loser. We're going to start with our loser, who is, oh, I love this guy, though. This this pains me. Our loser is 90s, 2000s rapper Nelly. Disrespectful. I think he's still a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> he hit his peak in the, in the early 2000s. Okay. Dear Nelly, um... Nelly has listed a house for a mere $600,000, and this house is unique because it has been sitting vacant for two decades. It's abandoned. <laughs> it's an abandoned house, and he is the owner of this house. Before he bought the property, we know that it was listed for uh, about $2.5 million. We don't know how much Nelly actually paid for it, but... It's safe to say that if the listing price was in the two and a half million range, listing it for six hundred thousand, that's gonna be a loss. <laughs> You're just you've lost money. <laughs> Apparently he purchased this place back in two thousand two in the hopes of flipping it. Mm. And I guess that didn't happen. 
So <laughs> that that project, just like the property, has been abandoned. I mean, that probably happens to, I'm sure there's a lot of homeowners who empathize with Nellie, where you buy a fixer-upper and you have all these grand plans, but, you know, mon- either money runs out, you get busy, you, you get in over your head, and you kind of have to take a break but Nellie took a two decade break um this it's a nice property though I was gonna say like it's not like it says that it's in a state of decay but it's I mean it's still pretty nice it's got marble flooring and high ceilings and columns like it's Mediterranean yeah it's not like what you think of when we talked about the worst house on the street in Florida. No, 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 no. My question is, why didn't he do this earlier? But hey, Nelly gonna Nelly. Who knows? But um, it got too hot in here. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, f- for that, for listing it for a mere 600000 that makes Nelly our loser of the week. We just have to. We just have to. Okay, let's move on to our winner. Our winner is Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks, the model, businesswoman, host. Tyra um, snatched up a Malibu mansion for below asking. So the house, uh, it's right on the water. Yes, it's right on the water in Malibu. Beautiful views. Yeah, it's on PCH, so it's like right, you know, that main strip of of Malibu homes that you think about. Um, it was listed for five point five, and she bought it for four point seven. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, although this house, it, it needs help. Like it does need a lot of help. Don't you agree? Yeah, but apparently, and who knew this? I didn't. She's a home flipper. She, yes, she is definitely like a real estate mogul of sorts. She owns, uh, she's owned properties through the years. I think right now she has two places in Pacific Palisades, which is like another part of Los Angeles. Uh, she has owned places in New York City. Um, so she's always looking for a deal, it seems. She's always looking for a good piece of real estate. Uh, but yeah, this one, it's just old. The, the interiors are just old. Yeah. But if she, if she's well-versed in this, then she, I'm eager to see what she does with it. I had no idea that she had such a real estate background or home flipping background. So I'm excited to see how she turns this around. So for nabbing this house under asking Tyra Banks is our winner of the week. Woo! And that is it for House Party. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please give us a subscribe. Hit that subscribe button and take a few moments to give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps people find us. We love hearing your feedback. Uh, We will also link to the stories that we discussed today. They'll be in your show notes. You can read them. You can learn more details that we didn't discuss you can see photos you can also just go to realtor.com slash news or go to google and type in realtor.com in the topic and it should pop up for you if you want to get in touch with us we would love to hear from you and we mean that please do reach out 
If you want to email us, we are podcast at realtor.com. That's singular podcast at realtor.com. Or you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And our handle is at house party pod on all three. Yes. Join us. (laughs) That sounded creepy. (laughs) Join Join us. (laughs) As always, we appreciate you tuning in and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.